Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello and welcome to Berkshire Football Stories with Tom Canning and Rob Davis, a podcast that aims to dig deep into the history of the non-league and grassroots game across the county. We work in across the county from Woodley to Woosehill and Newbury to Nunny Green, looking for the stories, the quirky moments and all the best that our local game has to offer. It took me a lot of effort to find another <laughs> I was going to mention that. Beginning yeah. with N. <laughs> I, they also had Newell Green, which is, I think, in uh, near Warfield in Bracknell. Oh, right, we, okay. went, we went with Nunny Green because it's probably one that most people haven't heard of. Why wouldn't you? Uh, talking of which, I'd like to introduce my co-podder, Rob, uh, who will be charting the various points of interest along the M4 corridor with me. Hello, Rob. Hi, Tom. The dulcet tones. Th- We've had a couple of people commenting uh, on various pieces as we go along. Oh, so really? So we're feeling a bit more comfortable. We're starting to feel a bit better on the podcast. And it's great. So some of the, a lot of the feedback's been been really, really good, and, that, and that's great. Um, anybody who is feeding back, it'd be amazing if you could give us a review on your po- preferred podcast uh, platform uh, that would be fantastic I'm trying to have a little read of them and see what's up there so we've had a few and that's great and um, of course it's FA Cup first round weekend Rob and this one will be quite close to home for you because yes. it's Maidenhead United in the first round of the FA Cup and they've got a pretty good tie as well they're at home to Rotherham Rotherham United, United yes and yeah. um, League One Regular readers of the website and regular listeners of the podcast, well, not necessarily listeners of the podcast, but certainly regular readers of the website will know a couple of months ago I I interviewed Grace Scott, who's the media officer at the club, uh, and she, she is from Rotherham. Oh right! And she, I said, oh, what would be your dream FA Cup tie? <laughs> of course, she said, she said away to Rotherham. So I've not quite been able to deliver. She hasn't on been the, able to get home. To, no, well, you but, know, there might be a replay. Well, yes, yeah, you never know. Cold Tuesday night in Rotherham. Oof. Yorkshire, isn't it? York, it is, yeah, Yorkshire, so, yeah. yeah. South Yorkshire. I went there for a pre-season friendly in uh, okay. the beginning of this, this season, in fact. That's so, it, because yeah. so, it's, it's, it's New York Stadium, isn't it? It's a new, it's a relatively new ground. Yes, it is, yeah. Oh, that's, that's lovely. So, But no, we've had a couple of great articles from Neil Maskell, uh, who is who is part of the part of uh, Maidenhead United. Uh, a couple of good articles this week. One about um, what's going on behind the scenes, because of course they've got Football Focus mm. visiting on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, so the Maidenhead United will be on the telly. Uh, and he's also had a look back to uh, a famous match in the FA Cup against Port Vale when they, they drew with a late equaliser yes. uh, at Vale Park. I think it was it, I, w- I want to say uh, Dan Mully. I think, I think that the may scored, well have scored been. the goal, yeah. but the the sort of just just posted something online today, uh, and 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 Neil has word for word just written this this sort of the description of the goal, and it, it's just absolutely fine. Yeah, uh, well worth having a read of yeah. that, having a look on the website. And um, just if you want to have a look on the website and find find their Maiden Edge United content, just go to www.footballinbarkshire.co.uk, click Teams, and you'll see Maiden Edge United in the list. Um, one just bit of bad news though uh, came out last night that at Bracknell Town forward and I believe former Slough Town striker and possibly Maidenhead striker Lee Barney has had to retire uh, due to a knee injury. Mm. Uh, he was only 27. Yeah, and it's very sad when that happens. So he he uh, won the league last year, won the Isthmian League Division One South Central with Hazen Yedding 
last season and I think the season before he won the same league with Beaconsfield Town so, mm-hmm. so the I odds were that he may well have helped take Bracknell up this yeah, season unfortunately he was second top scorer last year he I was think, indeed yeah. yes uh, it was one of those ones where uh, Bracknell had Liam Ferdinand who was the top scorer mm-hmm. and they lost him he went over to Hungerford stepped up two divisions to Hungerford Town so Bracknell went and brought in the, to the second top scorer unfortunately Lee lasted five minutes of a pre-season friendly against Maidenhead and and that now unfortunately seems to be career over. So I'd just like to send best wishes to Lee uh, and all the best for the future, whatever that may, whatever that may Absolutely, hold. Yeah. I've talked a lot. I'm not supposed to talk quite so much. It's supposed to be <laughs> me asking you about your your football your football in antics over the last week. But yeah. neither of us have really been anywhere. No, so. I haven't been to a game for uh, just over a week now. The last one I went to was Penn and Tyler's Green against Hollyport. Oh, okay, yes. So. And I think we talked about that one yeah. that one last week. I, I went to Binfield v Redhill at the very last minute on Saturday yes. in the FA Vars. And uh, Binfield, well worth the win. Made real hard work of it. Because one of those ones, I was talking to you about it before we came on air... Um, it was one of those ones where the, the Red Hill were just sort of in the referee's face all the time and there's nothing yeah. it just gets boring after a while <laughs> as, as someone sort of slightly slightly more than neutral but but just kind of just gone to watch the game gone to an enjoy an afternoon of football and just oh just shush mm-hmm. that's just had enough but anyway and um, Moving on, uh, if you'd like to contribute, ask a question, offer a correction, or simply rave about the podcast online, then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FI Berkshire, Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire, and of course you can visit the website at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. It'd also be great if you could give us a rating and a review on your podcast app to help get more people listening. Right, well let's tell you a little bit about this podcast then. We've had some great guests so far from Paul Gutteridge, Andrew Batt, Pete Browning, Steve Stairs, Mark Ashwell, Neil Richards, Steve Ginman, Neil Baker and John Underwood. And you can go and listen to those pods at any time. This week we are in conversation with Rob Jones, former chairman of Binfield Football Club. Let's have a listen. Hi everybody, I am here with Rob Jones, the former chairman of Binfield Football Club uh, from 2000 to 2013. We think we've got that right, don't we? I think we? it was 13. You know, <laughs> Someone, Bob will probably at the club, yeah. the chairman now, go, no, I took over in 12, well, whenever it was. He, that, that he put me in touch with you, so so yeah. it's all his fault, I think, really. That, that's how it goes. No. What, uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, Rob, um, I think Binfield, for a lot of people, is a club that has had a lot of success certainly on the pitch and it's grown kind of organically as well and and I've had a look back in the history and and actually I realised I didn't know hardly any of the history of it and and so I wanted to kind of start from this sort of this sort of 2000 period where you you kind of came on board because Binfield Football Club as it was 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 in what I think was the Chiltonian Premier That's right, division, yeah. and it was the Cherry Red League. I think at one stage, oh, okay, it's called the Cherry League, which is was the yeah. was the Chiltonian, and it was sponsored by Cherry Red Cherry Red Records. Records yes, and they sponsor another. They league still now, sponsor they? the Combined Counties Combined, League now. Yeah. It's it's one of the long when you have to type it out. It's one of the longest league. The Cherry Red Records Combined Counties League Premier Division. It's one of the longest things you have to. He must still be having hits. Oh, it must be. Yeah, because <laughs> there's also they've got. An, I think there's another records company that sponsor the cup, or it's a brand of that. An offshoot of there. Yeah, anyway, yeah. that's uh, that's entirely down another yeah. route. But so with the Chiltonian Premier League, Premier Division, uh, and then so what what happened at that? So point? I got involved because I ran an under eleven side featuring one of my sons. Uh, 
called Binfield Boys. Right. And we were based at Pope's Meadow in Binfield, and there were two teams. There was under 11s, I think under 12s. Yeah. Literally, it was two teams. And we played at Pope's Meadow, and it was fine. And uh, there was a, a, an appetite to grow it a little bit, so another team started. Yeah. And then there were too many teams. I mean, when I say too many, it was about four teams. <laughs> so we couldn't really yeah. fit onto Pope's Meadow. And I was running the older team, and we were really looking around for somewhere else to play. Yeah. And at the time, there was this club in the village uh, called Binfield Football Club that almost nobody knew yeah. who lived in Binfield, because I was part of the new estate that started there. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're one of those Nash new Park. ones yeah, moving in, I yeah. Was, I was in Nash Park. <laughs> and um, yeah, so hardly anyone knew anyone from that club. We knew they occasionally went to the Victoria, but... Yeah. You know. And I got in touch with a guy called Bob Ellis, Fantastic, Bobby Ellis, who I'll tell you. Still there today. He is, and I'll tell you about taking him to the Super Bowl a couple of times (laughs) later on. But um, yeah, Bob was an amazing guy. And I went down to see him and said, look, are you using the pitch on Sunday, your pitch on Sunday? Could we possibly bring the boys team, which who by then were about an under-13 team, I think, under-13, under-14. And he said, well, I'll have to ask the committee here and this, that and the other. I said, tell me about the club. I said, well, we've got... One team. We did have a reserves, but they've stopped now. So in essence, they had uh, a clubhouse. Yeah. You know, a fairly basic clubhouse, a lovely pitch, a lovely ground, and one team that played every other Saturday. So there was a facility going begging yeah. with almost no no uh, participation, and they certainly had no money. And this is the space at Hill Farm Lane. That's that right. They, yeah, that they, yeah. they now. used to call it Stubbs Lane. Yes, it changed at some point, didn't well, it? Well, I said, where... In the on the map or anywhere, does it say Stubbs Lane? Yeah. <laughs> you look on the map and you get the sat nav out. It says Hill Farm Lane. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should call it Hill Farm Lane. I think they've just gone back to calling it Stubbs Lane. No, it's, it's definitely Hill Farm Lane oh, now. Good. Every time good. I write it, it's Hill Farm Lane. Good, good. good. <laughs> well, so I talked with Bob and uh, Bobby, and he said, "Well, I'll talk to the committee about this." And and, and we did use the pitch. They let us use uh, on Sunday afternoons. They let us use the one one pitch for one team for one match yeah. every other Sunday, basically. And, and that was fine. And we got to know each other a little bit better. And we realised that he was a club, they were a club, with one team and, and a pitch and a yeah. clubhouse. And we were by then a club with probably six teams and quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, because there were subscriptions from the, yes, from the kids playing. And uh, we had some, some sponsorship. I, I am in that line of work. And so I brought some sponsorship into the team. And so if you look at the, uh, uh, the money we had compared, it was quite different. Uh, and a conversation was had where I said, shouldn't we merge these two clubs? Wouldn't that be a good idea? Yeah. Bobby said, oh, I think it's a great idea. But oh, some, <laughs> of the old, some of the older folks here, I'm not sure they'd be too keen on that. We'll have to take it to yeah. uh, take it to a committee meeting. So uh, th- he came back and said that there's an interest. And I came back from my meeting and said, yeah, well, we're interested for sure. Uh, but I said, what we've got to do, because I've done things like this before, we've got to give it seven weeks. From now till seven weeks' yeah. time, we will see if this works. If we've not said yes or no in seven weeks, it's over and we go our separate ways. We'll go and make other arrangements yeah. and you can crack on with your uh, your life as well. So it, that was far too short a time for most people, <laughs> but uh, I needed to concentrate everyone's yeah. mind and get it done within that period. So we ended up at Blue Mountain Golf Club. Yeah. The f- 
Binfield Football Club had a uh, uh, an extraordinary general meeting in one room, and what was now called Binfield Forest, we changed right. it from Binfield Boys to Binfield Forest. Uh, we had a, a, an extraordinary meeting and a vote <laughs> in another room, and the idea was if it votes, we'll all come together and yeah. off we go. And I don't know what the vote was at the uh, Binfield FC, but it was a yes, we'll, yeah. let's do it. And I know the vote in the the boys section was ninety nine percent, let's do it, with just one person oh, okay. who didn't uh, said no, it's a really bad idea. I don't think we should do it. <laughs> and I won't say who that was, but he was wrong, uh, obviously. So uh, literally, we then converged and the two clubs became one club and the challenge of course at that time was making uh, both sides happy yeah because you had two, two as you had a the, the well-established long-established binfield football club that said okay well well yeah we'll let the kids in yeah but yeah. you know still our team's the most important which understandable and of course, um, from the boys' side, uh, everyone knew there was a lot more money coming into it from that side yeah. then, with quite a high turnover of subs and sponsorship and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's good. Now we've got a pitch to play on, but we don't want any of this money going to to the them. other team. Yeah, I said, yeah. well, there is no them; they're us. Yeah, and we're them. You know, it's all one there. So that was a bit of a, a challenge, getting everyone to agree that that we were one club. But I think we did a reasonably good job doing that. The only thing that sort of festered for a year or two was the, um, not requirement, but the, the will to pay expenses to the Binfield First team. Right. When we merged, there was no question of that because they didn't have six months. Yeah. You know, in fact, yeah. most, of the, most of the players paid, paid a sum to, yeah. to, to play. And then as we got a little bit more successful, um, there was the thought that, okay, well, they should get expenses because... Working are paying them expenses, yeah, and Brighton yeah. are paying them expenses. And if we don't, they'll go and play there. Um, so my view was on that, and still is, that I think if we've got a good team, it's a percentage of the gate. Yeah, because that's the world yeah. I come from. You know, um, yeah. theatres and yeah. shows like that. So if you get a good, if you're great, you and you play well, and lots of people come to watch you. Hey, you deserve that money. And if you're rubbish and no one watches you, (laughs) sorry guys, there's nothing. And I think that's the way to do it. I know certain clubs don't do it that way, and they, you know, that's that's their choice. But it's not it's not sustainable on a long term basis. When I was first involved with the first team, you know, when we I started going to those matches as the chairman, I noticed how some of the other clubs were run, and there'd be normally a wealthy individual who would come in and pay these players a hundred quid a game and stuff like that. And if they weren't near the top of the league by December, oh, the clubs folded in January. <laughs> and that happened so many times. Yeah. I thought, well, that, you know, that's, that's stupid. Um, so anyway, th- making sure that all the money going into the club didn't sort of gravitate to one end or the yeah, other yeah. was important. The, the money coming into the club was spread equitably across all of it. And, and most importantly, that should go into facilities. Yeah. Not into yeah. players' pockets yeah. or managers' expenses. It should go into making that pitch better, making the clubhouse better. And that was uh, that was really how it, how it started. I mean, so from what was one under-11s team and one, uh, you know, <laughs> first team playing in the Chiltonian League, there's this club now with, I think it's about 34, 35 so, teams. Yeah, it's, it, and it's, it's a fantastic success, of which I have to say I'm, I'm very proud. I played a significant part early on, but what's carried it through is people like Bobby Ellis who's still involved yeah. to this day with the pitch and 
what have you, and Bob Bacon, now the yep. chairman, who took over from, from me as chairman, and Bob's moved it on significantly, I mean, re- really well in terms of getting more funding in from yep. the Football Foundation and other sources, uh, and that, that's been, you know, why the club has continued to, to have an upward uh, projection, really. It's, it's done a great job. How, how did you end up being chairman? Was that something you wanted um, no, it was just... When, Most people don't. So. Yeah, well, well, it's not that I walked in the door and put loads of money in, like some chairman yeah. do. I, I didn't. Brought a bit of sponsorship, but, you know, not, not nothing huge. No, I think it was uh, the fact that I'd been instrumental in bringing the two clubs together. Yeah. And I think um, they said, well, will you be chairman? Because then you, you yeah. know both sides of the coin, as it were, and try and make it work for a while. And so a while turned into... Quite a while, um, because yes, not 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 uh, not everyone wants to be chairman yeah. because it's a lot of work. I it mean, really you know, is, you know yes. Bob has lots to do as the, the chairman of Binfield. Uh, Rob Chalice as the secretary of the club, and now he's I notice he now he's retired. He's secretary of the first team, yeah. not the whole club, but he was initially yeah. secretary of the whole club and a damn good secretary. He he was and is for sure. So a lot of work for for those people, and you know all these football clubs are sustained by the volunteers and that's a challenge you get over the years a little bit because once we'd uh, once we got the club once Binfield had got to a, a certain level of decent facilities and the car park was a bit better yeah. we'd see and I had a word with a couple of people we'd see parents rolling up with the kids Saturday morning out they get and they would sit in the car. There was one example where this chap sat in the car and he waited for Bobby Ellis to go and put the goals out. My man. No, he's not your man. You know, you're involved in this club. We do this together. So if your boy's playing and you're here early and you can do you go and put the goals out. We don't retain various people to go and do this for us. And so getting that over to people is, is, is... I think that was more to do with him being, this person being a little bit shy and not knowing what to do, yeah. rather than being, you know, oh, I'm waiting for someone to do it for me. Uh, but but that, you know, getting that um, that ethos across everyone was really important to say, you know, the more we put in, the better this club is going to be. The less we put in, the worse yeah. it's going to be. And it's just, a, it's as simple as that. So that's that's been, I think, the strength of Binfield, um, and still is, that it is a club where we, the Sunday... The Sunday morning kids football, uh, you know, the juniors, yeah. the real juniors, six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, are just as important as those guys playing playing in the uh, the Premier uh, Division of the uh, of the Hellenic. So let's let's just talk a little bit about the the, the football itself. So so um, Binfield joined the Hellenic League in two thousand. They were they were in it just before that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, yes. Certainly so, when I, certainly when I took over, they yeah. were already in it. Okay. So. But that was caused by a the Chiltonian League merged with yeah. the Hellenic League. Is that that's I got right? That right? Yeah, I yeah I, that that's just that all happened just before I right. Okay, the that yeah. makes that's, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so Binfield go into the Hellenic League Division yeah. One East. Division One East. That's right. And from there, stuff starts to happen. So, just looking at my, I printed off the uh, the uh, the season by the season. So, fir- the first season you oh, finished. Good. Tell me, remember? You finished fourteenth. Uh, sorry, the first season you finished 10th of 17. Right. 2001-02, 14th of 17. Right. And then after that, it was 8th, 5th, 5th, 8th. Uh, a little anomaly of 11th, but then 9th. And then finally, 2008-2009, first. Yeah, yeah. So, But during that period, I know that on, on the pitch, the ground took on um, some significant changes. And you, and you had some, some big challenges behind 
those changes to the ground, not least getting floodlights. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I know the stories that I've heard is that there was always uh, there was always one neighbour who who wasn't keen on the floodlights, and it was kind of just waiting and waiting and waiting to to see if you could get this round. But what what was the story? Because getting changes to a ground as many clubs in villages are, st- are even finding now you know places like Penn and Tyler's Green yeah, yeah. places like that are still struggling to get mm-hmm. these facilities up to standard and I've, especially with the Penn I've seen uh, the Penn one I've seen you know there, there's people saying well there's a tennis club over there with floodlights so why can't the football club have floodlights and so, so getting that kind of facility yeah. in a village is, is quite something so how, how did you get that done? Politics <laughs> Entirely politics, and and there were two. There were two people. Um, one was James Haskell's dad. Oh right, the the rugby yep. player. Yeah, and who, who at the time was living over yep. there. Didn't object to it. Wanted to know more about it. And another chap who whose name just uh, certainly it was Mr. Watt. Can't remember his first name. Who was one of the senior executives at Shell. Right. Who <laughs> would be most uh, affected by any floodlights? Uh, so I went to talk to them and others and said, you know, this is what we'd like to do with the football club, this is what we're going to do with the football club. Um, as far as, I, as long as I'm involved, I, you know, you have my word, it's going to be no more than that. Because you could understand, they would think, oh, well, they'll put floodlights up, they'll be there seven nights a week, it'll be on till 10, 10.30 yeah. at night, and this, that, and the other. And that's a natural fear, you know, if I lived there, I'd be thinking, oh, crikey, I'm you, not sure about that. You've you moved know. to a nice, quiet village like Binfield, and yeah. you expect a little bit of peace and quiet, really. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just went to talk to them, and then I called a meeting of, of all of them together. So I talked to them individually, then got them all together, said, look, this, we're going for this. We haven't got this yet, but we're going to go for it. But of course, you have a real say in stopping this because the council will ask you for your opinion. So I want to tell you what we're proposing to do. We then applied, and, um, you know, you have to get your timing right and all these things. So I actually remember being on the beach in Portugal when uh, a very good person at the council rang me and said, we've not got enough support to get this through. And if it comes to council and it's rejected, you're going to have to have whatever it was three years before you can go again. Right. So I don't. Th- I think you should withdraw the application. So from the beach in Portugal, I withdrew the application <laughs> to great disappointment from the club. I said, oh wow, you know we should. I said no, no, we'll go for it when we know we're going to get it. Yeah. And so I think it was, you know, however many months later on, I got the requisite uh, permissions or support that we needed to do it, and and we and we put it through, and uh, uh, and that was it. You know, we 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 got the floodlights on the basis of you know a fairly limited use um, or judicious yeah. use. You know, if you're sensible about these things, it all works. And and so we were. We we had we had a, a limit on what we could do, and and uh, that 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 it went through, and it was it was fine. We had to apply for some money yeah. as well to the, I think it was the Football Foundation, or might have been one of the other ones, and uh, that was a lot of document filling, which Bob will know even more about than I do, because he's done a lot more <laughs> They've done a lot it. more since then, A lot as you more say, since yes. then, but that was an awful lot of messing about uh, filling that in, but we were fortunate enough to, to get a grant. We also put some of our own money in, because we had some money in the club yep. as well, and so the uh, uh, having the floodlights was was just fantastic. It was a real change to the club and enabled the club to go forward and move up to yeah. the Premier Division of the Hellenic because obviously without the lights, yeah. you, you were do yeah that. you were you were stuffed, weren't you? At that the point. other thing we needed was the stand. Yes, I um, I object to this. I think it's a silly thing. 
because you know we built a stand. It cost quite a lot. We had to borrow well from from uh, we put some money into it, and we we got another grant for it as well. And so you build a stand that nobody ever sits. Yes, in. exactly. You know, and all the, uh, what you look at all the clubs, you look at this, and uh, they'd be much better saying, no, you've got to put the money into the pitch and the railing round the pitch. Yeah. That yeah. would be a much better bet. Um, and the Hellenic League were a little bit sniffy with us because they felt they wanted the ground to be enclosed. Yeah. Uh, and again, if I was a local resident, I'd said, no, I don't want some rubbish-looking mini yeah. stadium yeah. <laughs> built you know, around this ground. Yeah. It's a lovely open field. Um, you know, it's it, the, the, the reason, of, of course, I think one is vanity, so we look like real footballers. Yeah. Nonsense. And num- number two is, uh, so you can take them, make sure you take the money on the gate and no one can yeah. watch for nothing. Well, you know. If, if Having been there, so I, I think I was there um, I was there on Saturday, and if someone's gone to the effort of kind of traipsing across those yes. fields to, to yeah. sneak in, well, I, I mean, fair play to you. Fair play, yeah, yeah fair play. You've got mucky boots yeah, and everything. Yeah, you're going to get some new trainers. So, yeah, I, I do think that the, the stand thing was a rather rather silly idea. I definitely think you should the league should make sure that the finances are there to run a Premier yeah. League team or yeah. a, a higher division team. But uh, putting in seats that no one really sits yeah. in is, is just a waste of money. And, and that, I think it was 38000 I think, what we paid for the stand, something wow. like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot of money. It's an awful lot of money, yeah. So with, with 38000 you could have done, um, you know, we could have done faster pitch improvements. Yeah, yeah. The, the pitch has improved Thanks to Bobby Ellis and Mickey Baldry down there, yeah. diligent work, and and also us spending probably about seven thousand each year on having slits put in yeah. and sanding and all that sort of stuff. So that's that was carefully done, but that probably could have all been done in one go if you hadn't yeah. had to <laughs> put some seats that no one ever sits in. There's there's certainly a couple of us that that work on the website that that regularly go. You've got to have all of this exactly what you said. You've got to have all of this stuff around the pitch, but there is no grading for a pitch. Yeah, exactly. There's no you know obviously it's got to be a certain length and a certain width but there's no grading for how flat it's got to be or uh, you know anything I suppose it actually brings me to one thing I was going to ask you about the moles <laughs> yeah. how did you stop the moles I um, they, they were called the moles because when they played at the cricket club right I don't know if you were, you knew that I didn't know so Binfield uh, played at the cricket club before they went to oh, okay. uh, to Hill Farm Lane uh, and that the pop, the portion of the cricket club they played on, obviously not the infield but the yeah. outfield, had a lot of moles there, <laughs> and that's how they that's how they were called the moles. And um, when when I got involved with the club, I thought we needed to have some branding. Yeah. And I wondered whether the moles was the right brand for what I envisaged as being a slightly bigger club or yeah. a much bigger club. It's cute, the moles. Yeah. It's cute. Um, and I did. Uh, I've, Got a graphic designer to uh, to look at some uh, some imagery that we could use the moles with, and I just thought it. No, I think we'd be better off uh, making the name a brand. It probably yeah. needs updating now because it's um, it that is you know nineteen years old. That yes, brand. very true, very true. Um, but uh, but I think it was important to say Binfield FC. Yeah, that was the important thing to get across. So rather than having a, a crest or anything else, I felt that putting the name yeah. very firmly as the logo 
was was important so people would get to know what that uh, thing is and it still gives me a buzz i have to say well i'll see kids in the supermarket with <laughs> their great, binfield shirt on and it's it's good it's um it, so so for me going back when i when i started sort of running running websites and when especially when i was running the uh, older readers or uh, older readers older listeners will remember that i used to run the bracknell town website yeah and one of the hardest things was cutting out that bracknell town badge because there was it wasn't on a crest and it was the same for the binfield badge it wasn't a proper crest with a circle or a yeah. shield around it it made it so much more difficult to cut out and make transparent this is this is a it's a small grind well you should it, have asked because there's a png of that and there's, oh, all, yes. there's all sorts of that logo <laughs> but it is irritating because but because you can't expect everyone to know how these things work no. but but sometimes people would take the logo and then stretch the corner so yeah. it would be so the proportions are all wrong yeah. and i still see that today but that's you know, hey or it ends up on the front of a program with a white background it drives me crazy yeah, but yeah. that's just a minor gripe from, from no, my no, own no, I'm, I'm right with you on that yeah right <laughs> so just at that time binfield obviously had quite a quite a good they had a very good side and i i, I remember you know, every time, um, every time Bracknell came to play Binfield, it was always it was always a Binfield win. And even when you came into the Premier Division, it was always a Binfield win. Was it? it was oh, so that's good. Frustrating. <laughs> it was one of those things. It was like you know, life, death, taxes, and Binfield are going to beat you. It was just it was it was exactly like that, and it was so frustrating. Um, uh, but obviously, now sort of being slightly slightly broader about things, you you can't see actually incredibly impressive working it from like a, a club that had just joined the Hellenic League to yeah. becoming a stalwart of the Premier Division and I yeah. think you did that with a group of players who were good players and who stuck together do, do, yes. what, what, who were those standout players at the time in that, well, that Carl, sort of noughties Carl Withers of course was was someone yeah. that's, that's been with the club consistently yeah. for years and years although we had an excursion here yes, and there from the time to time but people odd, uh, like Carl uh, you know I'll be bad on remembering all the names but um there was uh, Mickey Haverman played yep. for us for yep. a long time, and Mickey was um, a frightening character. Oh yes, frightening <laughs> until you knew him. Yeah, and an absolute diamond when you knew him. But if I'd ever had to play against him, I'd have been scared stiff, you know, and stay stay well clear of him. So he did a great job. But Mark Tallentire was was an important part. Yep. I I feel uh, of what we did, and I'm going to I, I'm going to be very careful because I'll miss a manager out somewhere along the line <laughs> and feel very bad about it. Because I, I was was very uh, you know careful as chairman. I never made any football decisions. Yeah. Whatsoever. That's not that wasn't my my thing. But I, we always tried to put the right person in charge, and the right person would always be the person, in certainly in those days, who had the connections and the players that knew him and liked yeah. him and would come and play for him. So, uh, but Mark was 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 very good, and Richard Whitty uh, uh, played with him. Uh, managed with him as well and that was that was a oh, that was a good management yeah. team and I, I always felt that I was very much on the same page as Mark and we both we both were um, there was a with all the managers everyone wanted to, to get promoted yeah um, and I, I think when we got promoted Mark was the, the manager and it was the right time everything everything was right yeah you know we absolutely deserved it and we had everything in place to go up, so that so that that was good. Roger, I think, is doing a tremendous job today. I, I, when I was chairman, he was much more involved with working yes. at the time. Yeah. And we, I always thought we should try and get him across uh, if he's ever available. <laughs> I, I always felt he was the right sort of person for Binfield for for that club, and 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 he's proved it. You know, yeah. I think he's doing absolutely brilliant work there now. He's he's just got it right, you know, that combination of younger players. And that was, you know, that was very important. 
um, having an allied county site. The decision to, to uh, you know, open up a, an allied county site was a big one for the club. And our, we, we played at Palmer Park to begin with. The matches on <laughs> yeah. Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Pitch wasn't quite big enough. No, did you, did you have to still put the edge, the, the felt, not the felt, the, the sort of the artificial bit yeah, down on the running yeah, track? Yeah, yeah. Because the last time I went there was to see, I think Highmore Ibis were playing there. Yeah. And, the, and they had to they had to roll up this this artificial bit of grass just along the edge, along the running track. Yeah. We didn't actually have to do that at the time. We certainly didn't have to do it with the Allied Counties yeah. because they, you know, the younger yeah, and under yeah. 18s, and and so it was it was fine, just about fine. But they were they were great games, you know, under floodlights in a yeah, in, in a yeah. stadium like that. And so that started to develop the younger players, and and the idea was to move those through into the into the first team. And and that happened, you know. Too, could have happened a bit more, possibly later on, but but it, it certainly started to happen, and it, and it was it was very good. At some point, it became. I know. I remember. I do remember. So under under Mark Talentire, you had a very strong, settled squad, and I think I, I always feel at that point that that's quite hard to bring players through because you've got a good, solid, settled squad, and that that must be quite difficult. And I I would imagine Mark would have found that quite. It, tough to yeah to, we had a reserve side as well yeah. at the time um and that, that i believe there's not a reserve side now but um but uh, have, oh i'm not sure do you know what i'm think, i'm not totally sure about that no i know that i'm pretty sure there isn't this year um but having that reserve t- side was good managed by bobby ellis for a long yeah. time bobby looked after the reserves and and that that was good no but the, the, the first team is all about having not necessarily always the greatest players, but having the greatest spirit yeah. and a bunch of characters, and that that really worked for us. And that that championship winning side that Mark had, that it was full of characters, full yeah. of characters, and they all had a blast playing for Binfield. And that, I think that was important yeah. to maintain that uh, that blast. Also, I think um, I think one of the I might be overstating this, but I don't think I am. We always, uh, and I'm sure other clubs do this as well, but we always put a big emphasis on kit. Yeah. So we did a deal with Nike uh, and we had great kit every year. And I think players like putting on good yeah. good kit, yeah. not last year's kit. There's the, you know, and every year, yeah. Rob Chalice is right at the front of this, there's a new kit and, yeah. and there's good backup, there's tracksuits, there's, there's all the stuff that you'd want that would make you feel good and make you feel yeah. sort of, uh, I don't want to say professional because they're not, but, but it's a professional approach. It's, uh, it's, it, it, it's a good kind of mindset to kind of take yeah. you forward. You're being looked after and, yeah. and going from there. So yeah. um, let's just have a look at some of the characters that you had around at the time. You mentioned uh, Bobby Ellis, who's still there. Yeah, um, As far as I know, I've only met Bobby Ellis once, despite going to... It's quite, quite elusive, I've always found. Yes, yes, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Although I'll tell you a great story about Bob. I don't mean elusive as in he's never there. I mean oh, he's no, there no. a lot. I just have never seen. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bob, Bob's uh, an enigmatic character. He is a big NFL fan, right? And I was doing uh, the coverage of the NFL for the BBC for for ten years, more than eleven years, and um, I, I didn't realise he was such a big fan. And I. I go to the Super Bowl and things like that, or did, and um, so I said to him, "Oh, would would you like to come to the Super Bowl?" It was in Dallas. Oh yeah, I'd love to come. Yeah, so of course, well, I'll put you on our team. You can be, you know, you'll have to, you'll have to pretend you're working, but you know, we'll put you on the team. So um, 
he, he came along and with our, uh, our, our approach we've got all access passes yeah. so uh, I took Bobby down onto the pitch as the players were warming up in, in this magnificent <laughs> Dallas stadium the new stadium in Dallas and uh, you know had a walk around you see what's going on see the players you know right up close and everything and then I said I've got to go back up to the commentary box now so he said well can I join you in a few minutes I just want to get the atmosphere I said sure you know your way don't you yeah sure sure I'll come so um, he comes back up to the commentary box just before uh, uh, the national anthem and he comes in right Bob yeah fine fine and this uh, girl starts singing the national anthem and it's all on the big screen She's, Bobby goes who's, who's that I said it's Christine Aguilera oh, I've just seen her in the lift <laughs> really yeah I said, I said you're a bit dressed up for this aren't you <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know who she was. He thought she was just a fan. No, she was there to sing the national anthem. And he came up and then lived with her. Amazing, amazing. But Bob, yeah, we went to Green Bay. Bob's a big Green Bay fan. Yeah. We've been to Green Bay a couple of times as well. <laughs> That's amazing. But he, as far as the football club's concerned, um, it wouldn't, it really would not exist had not Bobby Ellis been there. And probably remains there. He's yeah. probably, probably, you know, he's a little bit older now, as we all are. So he's probably playing a, a slightly reduced role than, than he was. But he's still, you know, vital to it. And Mickey Baldry yeah. is the other one. Mickey's really done a great job with that pitch. They, and together they did a great job on the clubhouse. Yeah. The clubhouse is the most impressive thing that's happened, I would say, in the last couple of years. Uh, because it's it's great. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just uh, that, again, funds were were awarded for that, which Bob Bacon could take full you know uh, credit for, and, uh, and and some others as well, who perhaps I don't know uh, now. And uh, you know that that Bobby and, and Mickey have made a big yeah. difference to, to making the changing rooms better. Because the changing rooms that yeah. was always the big disappointment. <laughs> we can have great new kit, yeah, but yeah. you still have to change in those crappy yeah. changing rooms. They were crap, um, and so changing them uh, now and that. You yeah, that's proper. That's proper stuff. Again, we'd have been much better spending money on the changing rooms yeah. than a stand. Yes, precisely. Yeah, precisely. But there you go. That's, 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 that's the rules. That's the, 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 rules. Way, the way the football seems to go these yeah, days. Yeah, um, yeah. Just sort of just to just to round off, just to finish off. What, what was, if you if you had to pick a player from that period, who would you who if you if you had to pick a player right now, which I'm going to ask you to pick one right now, who who would be that who would be that player that you think that that would be he was he was the guy. I think without doubt, Ian Davis. Ian was a great footballer, is a great footballer, uh, and we managed to attract him to the club. He got you know, tempted away from time to time, but came back. And his mum and dad were great. They used to come yeah. to the matches and real stalwart supporters of the club. But Ian was a goal scorer par excellence. You knew if Ian was on the ball yeah. just outside the area, just inside the area, yeah, it's going to be 1-0 Binfield. And he, he was still there. He was there last season as well. Uh, he's at Ascot now. Is he? Uh, he's oh. at Ascot this season. Oh, but he's still that. banging the goals in. Yeah. You get some incredible pictures yeah. of, of Ian. Uh, uh, just, you know, just like just looking so so cool and calm really it's just such a natural goal scorer as you say yeah it, it just you just you would just know that when it came to Ian yeah goal yeah and it almost always was you mentioned Ascot oh, I'm, I'm sad he's at Ascot <laughs> because uh, there was a there was a competitive spirit with Bracknell yeah but I always felt that the much greater competitive spirit between with Binfield was Ascot yeah Ascot United because we were Bracknell were always out front yeah for year, when I was involved they were you know higher division and everything so our, our equivalent and certainly in terms of the 
the boys and girls football that was Ascot United. So I always felt competitive <laughs> with Ascot. You know, with yeah. we got floodlights, they got floodlights, yeah. they got we got a clubhouse. No, they got the clubhouse before we did. Yeah. Then we got the clubhouse, and and so I that was I always felt was our marker. Yeah. Uh, how do we compare to Ascot? You know, are we doing better or worse yeah. than them? And uh, you know that that went up and down over the years. It, it seemed to have followed a similar path. Both clubs actually, you know, both towards the top of the top of the division. Ascot currently a top of at the time of speaking to you, a top of the combined counties league. I think Binfield may well be top of the Hellenic league were it not for uh, this side from Hereford called Westfields. Yeah, um, they may well be top as well. So you know, it, yeah, as you say, similar trajectory. Um, I guess, and as I understand it, Binfield will be playing in that. Combined counties next year. Yes, if if they don't, as long as assuming they don't go up, yeah, they'll be playing in a what what we coined the Thames Valley Super League. <laughs> There's a couple of clubs in the in the Division One that are looking to get in to get up to it as well. So yeah. fingers crossed, we could have a real good local go at it next yeah, season. That would yeah. be that would be absolutely lovely. Is there one sort of just just the last thing I suppose? Just is there one kind of moment that you just think that 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 made everything worthwhile? All that, that 13 years, I was. Yeah, I mean, it was without doubt that promotion from Division One East to yeah. the Premier League. That that that. Was that that was the moment that that that's when it all came together because that then meant the floodlights, yep. the stand, and the improvements, and that was good. But also, I think um, Bob and Bob Bacon introduced this. That's the news, <laughs> news for the BBC. Just tell, um, what's the Sunday Soccer School? Yeah, Bob Bacon was very responsible for the uh, entirely responsible for the Sunday Soccer School, and seeing little boys and girls. Playing football and loving it on a on a Sunday yeah. morning down at at uh, Hill Farm Lane. That that's that's a big moment seeing that. Oh, and the the other thing I suppose would be the uh, the tournaments, the junior tournaments yeah. that are played during the summer and and going along, probably a second one or third one that we did, and looking at the car parking fields <laughs> of car parking. And we'd hired out, we'd got access yeah. to other fields, and I I don't know how many people came. But I know as a fundraiser for the club, it was really significant. I mean, really significant. And that's why clubs do it. You know, of course, it's to raise money for the club. So I think those things, the, the winning of that uh, Division 1 East was a big moment. Seeing the soc- soccer school develop and also seeing you know, how all, all the teams, the, just the number of teams yeah. playing with a Binfield shirt on. That's that. That's that was a that was a big uh, big buzz. Rob Jones, thank you very much for coming to see me. I very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank very you. nice to see you. That was our interview with former Binfield chairman Rob Jones. Uh, they've really had quite the rise in the last twenty years. Uh, have you, have you, were you sort of aware of Binfield as a as a club before we started on this journey together? <laughs> Not really, to be honest. Um, well, I knew there was a club there, but I didn't really know sort of what level they were at. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware at all. So listening to that interview last night was, uh, yeah, really good to get a sort of feel of how the club came together over the last 15 years or so. Just uh, just for anybody who is a new listener at this stage, uh, Rob is not from round these parts, which is why ha. he may not have such a such a <laughs> such a good. Uh, I'm from so far afield as Maidenhead. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they've really they've really come, and it's it's one of those things where where sometimes you see clubs. Um, they come through, they get promoted, have a couple of good seasons, and then perhaps they drop down. And but Binfield have just sort of kept going. One of the things Rob mentioned as well was was the sort of the parallels with Ascot United. Yes, and both clubs have sort of just gone on and gone on, and they've never relented. Mm. They've never had that season where they drop back down again. Yeah. They've just 
they've just carried on going, continual improvement. I know uh, Bob Bacon, the current Binfield chairman, always says to me, it's continual improvement, gradual, yeah. continual improvement, year on year. And in, I think mostly he's talking about off the pitch rather than rather than on the pitch. Yeah. But for both clubs, it sort of rings true. Gradual improvement, year both on year. Both having similar seasons this year, both yes. towards the yeah, top end of the so. division. So, yeah. I, th- I think I mentioned to Rob in the, uh, in the podcast that if it's all very confusing there's too many Robs on this podcast <laughs> today uh, but I mentioned to Rob on the podcast that um, I think if it weren't for Westfields Binfield would probably be top of top of the Hellenic Premier Division as well so right. there you go so it, it's quiz time uh, every week we have a quiz relating to the topic of the podcast usually it's the same three questions as long as they are relevant <laughs> and uh, currently the scores are 5-2 to me is that right? Is that right? I'm not totally sure because do you, did you win last week? Uh, oh I can't remember I think it I might think, be 5 Or was it a draw? I think it was a draw last week I think we Yeah it was a draw win. that's right so yeah. I got that completely wrong so it's still it's either 4-2 yeah. or 5-3 Yeah one of them uh, Yeah anyway either way it's, it's still we'll level. So I, I still have a chance You do so, um, okay, the quiz questions usually follow the same format, uh, except where we have a club that is not, or a, or a guest that is part of a club that isn't perhaps in the FA Cup, uh, so we have to change things a little bit. Um, obviously, it was a bit difficult uh, when we had Paul Gutteridge on last week, yeah. looking at the record attendance for Cavisham United, the Sunday League team, they yeah. don't count attendances, although um, you know, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they do very well. Absolutely. Okay, today's questions then are all about Binfield. So, Rob, what do you know about it? How do we feel about this? Um, I've got a feeling you probably know a bit more than me. Um, I've got a vague idea of sort of when they were founded. I think I'm trying to remember their badge. Yeah, it's quite uh, quite prominent on the badge. Yeah, so I I, I think I've got it, but I'm not sure. But otherwise, the others I'm not, I don't know at all. So, uh, okay. So we'll go. We'll start with the questions. Um, we'll have a couple of seconds between each one to make some answers, and you are very welcome to follow along and answer at home as well. Okay. Question one: What was Binfield's record attendance at Hill Farm Lane? Now, I'll be honest. I don't know this one okay. even slightly. Right. So. Uh, okay. Question two. What was the furthest Binfield have reached in the FA Cup? You know this one? Or? I think I'll be get I'm guessing. Okay. I think I'm guessing. And question three, what year was Binfield Football Club founded? I feel certain I know this one. Okay, so this is the one I'm Yeah, I think I can remember the badge, so I'm I'm 50-50 on this. very prominent on the badge. So, okay, should we take a couple of minutes just to find the answers? We'll go find them on Wikipedia, and we'll be back shortly. Hey, Rob, back with the answers. Yes, indeed. Okay, so we'll do uh, our answers first, and then the real answer. Um, Although this first one is proving a little bit difficult to track down, Mm -hmm. um, we have got live uh, feeds in to two people who may well know, and we'll see if we find out before the end. Uh, But we have done a tiny bit of research, so we'll see. So the first question was, what was Binfield's record attendance at Hill Farm Lane? I went big on this one, thinking they might have got a good cup game or something, someone local, and went 1,000. I went 800. Okay. Um, The current answer that we've managed to find is 400. Uh, and that was against Marlow in uh, an FA Cup tie. Margate. Margate. Sorry, yeah. Mar- <laughs> Margate in an FA Cup tie. Yeah. 
Um, thanks for remembering that. <laughs> um, but just reading the history of the club as well, just quickly, uh, in the club's previous guys, uh, when they played at Forest Road, they used to have, it, it, the history says, it wasn't unknown for them to have th- a thousand supporters wow. at the game, which is in, which is quite incredible, really. Yeah, that's is, that's yeah. absolutely fantastic. So um, that, I believe, makes it 1-0 to me. Yep. Um, although subject to change. <laughs> um, what was the furthest Binfield reached in the FA Cup? What did you go for? I went for the first qualifying round. I went for second qualifying round. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I don't know why I went for second qualifying round, but second qualifying round is correct. It is, yeah. Uh, so that makes it 2-0. Mm-hmm. And what year? I think they mean, sorry, just uh, just on that, they've reached the second qualifying round on two occasions. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, once being last season, I believe, as well. Oh, right. It's quite good. Um, and finally, what year was Binfield founded? Uh, I went 1892. So did I. Because I yeah. think that is trying to remember from the badge. It is. Yes. Um, I've got the badge in front of us there. It says 1892. Yeah. Um, yeah, 18, 1892. So, we, so if anybody's wondering what we were just doing just then, we both forgot to look at the badge. We were both <laughs> so sure we were right. So just yeah. double checking that that was well, correct. At least I'm on the board. Yes. <laughs> So currently, that is that's that makes it two two nil to me. Yep. So even or well, three one. Yes, or three or three one. Yeah. It does depend a little bit on whether we find out if this first question is indeed correct or uh, or not. So so currently, I'm back in, back wow, in the game. Yeah. Four three. I think that makes it four three. Yeah, to me. So we'll, we'll to see. Feel the pressure. Two more weeks to go. So we will see. Okay. Well, that's it for week eight. Tom, have you learned a lot? I have, and um, it was—it's an odd one because I, my interest in non-league football goes back to the time, sort of, that, that Binfield really, really came to prominence. But I didn't because I was so so bothered by the club down the road and so into them. I didn't really see what was going on, so it was really good to go back and kind of reminisce over some of those years, like mm. fill in some blanks, really, yeah. which was great. So. Okay, in the next few weeks, you will be hearing from former Farnborough and Bracknell Town manager Alan Taylor, and one other to be confirmed, as we've just two episodes of Series 1 left. Um, We have got a couple of guests lined up. Um, It just depends which one comes off between now and then. Um, uh, We have obviously been reading out some different names over the last couple of weeks, but we're just trying to find time. And any one of those that doesn't come off will go into Series 2. So, oh yes, there will be a Series 2, so don't worry, everybody. (laughs) Okay, well, looking forward to whichever one of those uh, comes up. (laughs) And uh, you can also go back and listen to all the previous podcasts by searching for Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. And please leave us a rating and a review and tell all your friends. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FI Berkshire, Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire, and of course, you can visit the website at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. And of course, as always, thank you to Ellis Woods at Flair Media for sponsoring the podcast. Bye. Bye.